Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Hacker Hub. This is William Parks, and it has been a minute since we've talked. So welcome back. And I mean, really, honestly, we've been super busy on the back end, making some really cool things to share with you guys, building up some kind of infrastructure for Hacker Hub and not only the podcast, but also for the actual Substack. And uh, we're beefing this thing up for you guys. So we're going to make it even cooler, even better, have more information. And, um, you know, just be a good news source for things that are happening on the weekly basis or whenever, honestly, an emergency notification needs to go out, whatever it may be. Um, but yes, you guys, so we're going to get into some cool articles today. We don't have an intro kind of song or music thing right now. That's also in the process of being redone at the moment. So bear with me on that, but that is okay. Um, First thing that we need to talk about this week, though, and I do have a few articles I want to share with you guys, but the first thing is today is August 25th, uh, 2022, and I do want to share with you guys that LastPass has essentially just come out with an article showing that they have been compromised, believe it or not. So um, the article basically says, to all LastPass customers, I want to inform you of a development that we feel is important for us to share with our LastPass business and consumer community. This is from... Uh, Kareem, uh, the CEO of LastPass, and basically he says, two weeks ago, we detected some unusual activity within portions of the LastPass development environment. After initiating an immediate investigation, we have seen no evidence that this incident involved any access to customer data or encrypted password vaults. However, uh, we have determined that an unauthorized party gained access to portions of the LastPass development environment through a single compromised developer account, and they took portions of source code and some proprietary LastPass technical information. Our products and services are still operating normally. And in response to the incident, we have deployed containment and mitigation measures and engaged a leading cybersecurity and forensics firm. So while our investigation is ongoing, we have achieved a state of containment, implemented additional enhanced security measures, and see no further evidence of unauthorized activity. So essentially... Did a developer account that was popped, uh, was taken over. I, I'm sure we probably won't necessarily hear how it was taken over, but uh, maybe we will after that forensics audit is done. Um, but the TLDR of the whole thing is basically your information is still safe. Um, your master password and the master password for all of your other things. Um, it did not compromise any of your data. And honestly, in good conscience, uh, it's always good to go through and change your password and make sure that everything has been cleansed and cleaned and um, at least just your master password, that is. Um, but what kind of concerns me is that, that they made off with the source code, um, but that doesn't sound like a good thing in order to kind of keep LastPass safe in and of itself just because, you know, if you have the source code to an app, you have essentially how the logic of the app works. Now, I don't know how much source code they have. I don't know what kind of source code they have. For all I know, it could be the source code for the help button. Uh, who knows? Um, but if they have seriously critical source code, um, it could give them kind of a leg up into creating an exploit to go through and then further compromise accounts and whatnot. But chances of that are more slim, but you know, you never really know, especially nowadays with how many companies are getting popped. Now, I'm not bashing on LastPass. Um, I do think that some security could have definitely been better for the developer accounts, and um, those people should have ensured that they had higher security standards set. But uh, again, I also don't understand what the real process was of the compromise. So there's not much that I can really say to that other than uh, just keep an eye on your products, guys. 
uh, your products, your passwords and your vault to make sure that you get no weird emails. Make sure you don't get any phishing emails where people are trying to take your information. Um, but yes, so LastPass developer account was popped, uh, was compromised, but everything is okay as far as data as of right now. So there's nothing to really worry about there. Um, just keep an eye on things and maybe change a few passwords if you need to. Uh, so anyway, that is the first major thing we needed to talk about because that's honestly, that's groundbreaking. It happened today. So you guys are hearing this podcast the day of uh, today. Again, today is August 25th, uh, 2022. And so now we're going to actually jump into a couple other articles that stood out this week, uh, such as Russian hackers leveraging legitimate tools to hack Ukraine, um, kind of circling back around to those, those, uh, those topics are of Russia and Ukraine. Um, but essentially, sometimes hackers don't need to create a custom piece of software, or a lot of times they don't even have to buy one off the dark web. Seriously, um, it's it's more of an expense at that point. And basically, uh, an example of the creative thinking that's involved is really just a recent discovery that Russian hackers, aka the groups known as Cozy Bear and Fancy Bear, have targeted Ukraine via a commercial app and the network penetration tool marked by a U.S. company, is used to emulate cyber threats against networks to flag potential likely weaknesses so they can be addressed before a threat actor exploits them. Now, the tool that is being stated right now is known as Cobalt Strike. And there's also another one called Graph Steel um, Backdoors. But basically, um, wait, I just, I told, hold on, first off, I totally just said that wrong. It's Cobalt Strike and Graph Steel, and they were both used to deliver backdoors um, or exploitation of the public-facing applications that uh, Ukraine had, I guess, that Russia was, was attacking. So for those that are not aware of what those two things are, <clears throat> they are enterprise-level tools that emulate threat actors, uh, much as what we just talked about there a second ago. Um, and honestly, I, you don't need to get anything from the underground. Just use some of this stuff, and it'll work. They install a beacon, which is like essentially a homing device on your network, um, and calls back to the command and control server. And and that's the way that these actors are essentially compromising companies. And you know, once you're in, you're in. Cobalt Strike and the uh, this, this steel, um, Great Steel, I think it is. Yes. Uh, is that what it is? Let's check. It's such a long article. And nothing is relating to it. Okay, all right. Well, we've lost it now. I don't remember what it's called. Uh, I said it a second ago. Anyway, um, yes, those two are being used right now for Russia versus Ukraine. So nothing kind of new there, just more attacks constantly and consistently. Um, now there's a serious bug that was found in an open source operating system recently. And the open source operating system is a staple across computer networks around the world due to its reputation for reliability, uptime, and portability. As a bonus, malware authors typically ignore the operating system, which its users typically, uh, typically like to boast about, um, but it isn't immune to problems experienced by the quote unquote other two operating systems. And the security researchers recently proved that point. So CVE 2022-2588 shows how the operating system kernel can be exploited to ultimately operate on the machine as a privileged user. Not good. Now, what in the world could this operating system be? Yes, it is an eight-year-old Linux kernel vulnerability. So uh, Linux kernel vulnerability, sorry. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's essentially what was popped and that's what happened. So just making sure that, you know, you understand that if you're using eight-year-old Linux, um, which essentially, first off, 
Dirty Pipe is what the attack is nicknamed. And we also need to make sure that we know that the CVSS score of this is 7.8 out of 10. So it's pretty, it's relatively high up there. Um, it affects Linux kernel versions that start from 5.8. And I believe it goes all the way up to today's kernel version. Um, but I would really kind of wage the bet that it sticks with 5.8. Um, now, truthfully, the exploitable vulnerability was so-called after the dirty cow vulnerability that was discovered in 2016 uh, and their similarities that they had together. However, um, that's not super relevant anymore. Uh, well, I mean, I guess it is if you're running an old system like that, but nothing to really fret there if you've upgraded, updated, and you aren't using that. But anyway, yes, uh, eight-year-old Linux kernel vulnerability, which you don't hear about that every single day. Sorry if you can hear that thunder in the background. It is, it is, uh, it is raining outside here. Um, but anyway, so aside from that, there was a newly discovered quote-unquote rat that is a triple threat. And what do you get when you compromise a remote access Trojan? You get spyware and ransomware within one malicious software application. Uh, that's called Borat Rat. Borat Rat. That's kind of like a tongue twister a little bit. Um, this new rat strain discovered by cybersecurity researchers in Atlanta hasn't yet been attributed to any identified hacking group or country. Um, the new rat not only encrypts data, but also logs keystrokes on the victim's machine to a text file, offloads sensitive data, and purposefully infuriates the victim by turning the display off and on to hide desktop icons and more. Well, it doesn't turn off and on to hide desktop icons. It just turns off and on. And then it also hides desktop icons and other stuff. So interesting news there. Um, again, that's Bo Rat. Uh, B-O-R-R-A-T-R-A-T. -R -R so it's Bo Rat Rat, <laughs> but the last R-A-T is uh, capitalized. So anyway, the next thing that we have is CISA expanding its online vulnerability catalog yet again. Uh, they are constantly on the move with that, and they are also constantly just changing the, uh, the log and adding things to it, which is great because we see a lot of change. We see that we're keeping up-ish, uh, kind of keeping up-ish. Um, but it seems like a weekly occurrence, seriously. Uh, CISA has added seven new entries to its known exploited vulnerabilities catalog. One of the new entries, CVE 2022-22536, was scored as a 10, a critical threat on the threat scale, which is really, really bad. Um, you know, that, that vulnerability is associated with the popular SAP application. And several of the other new entries is associated with three of the world's most popular software companies. Expect your system to announce that updates are pending and needing a reboot. And all entries in this online catalog have been identified by CISA as being actively exploited by hackers. So um, that's really, really not good. Make sure you're staying up to date on your, your updates, guys, seriously. Because I know Apple had just released one last week. Um, I believe it was last week or the beginning of this week. I don't remember which. I think it was last week, I'm pretty sure. Um, but yes, yeah, those Apple updates that were issued were also being actively exploited. Um, now the target, they don't think it was in consumers. However, they do think that it is uh, more geared more towards uh, big businesses, medium to big, medium to large sized companies and organizations, um, but not so much your everyday user or your devices in your house. Now, Make sure that you're patching your smartphone app for your doorbell camera, guys. My goodness, I don't think I can say this enough, especially with information of things and all those technological devices for your 
door locks and security cameras, IP cameras, and your fridges and toaster ovens. I swear, it's everything, literally. Um, over 10 million individuals use their smartphones to monitor their camera-equipped doorbell via the internet. And the ability to interact with a delivery person via the device's speaker and appear to be at home can possibly dissuade would-be burglars from breaking into a house. However, these IoT devices can create problems. And in this instance, the smartphone app contained a flaw which permitted attackers to access stored data and camera recordings. Uh, make sure that you're patching this stuff. Now, as this article is being read, or I guess as I'm sharing it with you guys, um, we're talking about Amazon right now. Amazon for their Ring application for their doorbell cameras and whatnot. Um, I would assume that if it's the Ring app for Android, it's not just doorbell cameras. It's probably really an infrastructure kind of flaw. So it's probably more so than just the camera itself. Um, just the application itself is vulnerability. Um, but Amazon had acquired uh, Ring, um, I want to say, for about a billion dollars, I want to say. It was a billion dollars in 2018. And application security firm Checkmarks explained it identified a cross-site scripting flaw that it said could be weaponized as part of an attack chain to trick victims into installing a malicious application on their phone. Now, the app can be used to get hold of the user's authorization token that can be subsequently leveraged to extract the session cookie by sending this information alongside the device's hardware ID, which is also encoded in the token. So um, that gets sent to the endpoint ring.com slash mobile slash authorize. And armed with the cookie, the attacker can sign into the victim's account without having to know their password, and access all personal data associated with the account, including full name, email address, phone number, and geolocation information, as well as the device recordings. So, yet none of that is good. It's not good. Um, Checkmarks said it had reported the issue to Amazon on May 1st of 2022, followed which, following which a fix was made available on May 27th in version 3.51.0. So make sure that you're updated to 3.51.0. Again, 3.51.0. Um, update your Ring app, guys. Keep that up. And last but not least, the semiconductor shortage is hitting car manufacturers in the wallet. Now, this is no kind of new news. Uh, we've heard about this for quite a long time now, and we know that the semiconductor I guess shortage is really just, it's it's an issue. Um, essentially, car manufacturers are getting hit hard with that, and uh, they're having to scrap production plans for millions of cars over the past two years, and they're continuously having to do so. So um, what used to be a war room operation, quote-unquote, to manage chip shortages are becoming embedded features of vehicle deployment, say executives in both industries, that has shifted the risks and some of the costs to automakers and newly created teams at the likes of General Motors Company, Volkswagen AG, and Ford Motor Company are negotiating directly with chip makers. Automakers like Nissan Motor um, and others are accepting longer order commitments and higher inventories. So key suppliers, including Robert Bosch and Denso, are investing in chip production, and GM and Stellantis have said they will work with chip designers to design components. Now, taken together, the changes represent a fundamental shift for the auto industry, higher costs, more hands-on work in the chip development, and 
more capital commitment in exchange for better visibility in their chip supplies, executives and analysts say. It is a U-turn for automakers who had previously relied on suppliers or their suppliers to source semiconductors. Now, for chip, uh, for chip makers, the still developing partnership with automakers is a welcome and overdue reset, and many semiconductor executives point the finger at automakers' lack of understanding of how the chip supply chain works and an unwillingness to share cost and risk for a large part of their recent crisis. The costly changes are coming together just as the auto industry appears to be moving past the worst of an even more costly crisis that by one estimate has cut 13 million vehicles from global production since the start of 2021. So those are the articles for today, August 25th, 2022. Thank you guys for tuning into Hacker Hub. Keep your eye on the repository and our Substack page for some more articles to come out and more things to get shared. Um, it's, I'm, I'm going to forewarn you, it's going to be a slow process. It is happening in the background. You guys just don't see a whole lot of it because um, there, there's just there are a lot of moving parts right now. So once we get going, um, it'll be it'll be moving. I promise you that. Uh, but also keep in touch with uh, Active Intel, the new uh, partnership that we had. I guess it's not really new anymore, but um, we are partnering up with them to kind of just share some more intelligence information as it comes in, uh, especially with you know devices that are getting attacked. They have a pretty large um, computer network that essentially just sits and really just listens for uh, malicious attacks. So uh, yeah, it's really, really cool stuff. Love to share that stuff with you guys. Um, I'll make sure to get some more of that content posted up there and running so, uh, running again. So anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you guys have a great day. Stay cyber secure, cyber aware, cyber safe, all of those things. Um, and we will see you, or I guess I will see you on the next episode. Bye-bye.